third and ten. Trubisky to the end zone and it's going to be picked off. It's Adrian Amos who comes back to haunt his old team. Way back. Get up. Get out of here. Go. Rainbows high and deep. Touchdown Wisconsin. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. What it oh, baby! Packers win last night in the NFL season opener. Beat the Bears 10-3. 10-3 the final score. It was ugly. Certainly wasn't pretty. A lot of penalties. A lot of ugly offense, especially. And some good defense, too. Don't get me wrong. Gotta credit the defense. But an ugly game... I guess no surprise to, you know, start the NFL regular season. Got to kind of get back into football shape, especially uh, with how no one plays in the preseason. Packers winning 10-3. I don't know about you. I had a blast watching the Packer game last night. Now the Packers won, so that certainly helps. But I can't imagine for the casual fan, certainly not for Bears fans, last night was any fun. In fact, I I think Packers fans have to be... 100% happy about last night. Brand new head coach, brand new system, high-pressure environment, on the road, week one, national TV against against a nasty, mean defense. You score 10 points, 10 points, and you're leaving Soldier Field with a win. How about that? I, I don't think there's a single thing to complain about. You were able to go in and steal that game, and, and did you hear how rowdy it was at Soldier Field to start the game last night? Oh my goodness. Fans were excited. Fans were pumped up. It, it was loud. And when, uh, what, what was the man's name? Jim Cornelius. He sings a, a national anthem for the Blackhawks, too. I, I don't know if I've ever heard Soldier Field that loud. Certainly not since 2010. The Packers were able to go in there with the entire country watching against a Bears team that just went 12-4 and with a brand new head coach, a brand new offensive system, and with a quarterback who didn't play a lick in the preseason. And you come out of there with a win. Packers fans should be beaming today. I know it wasn't pretty. Didn't have to be. Just win, baby, right? Just win. Packers fans should be beaming. And we'll dig into more details, of course, as the show goes on. Bears fans, on the other hand, I I don't think all losses are created equal. I think for the Packers, if the Packers were to have lost last night, I think you can cast it off as... Well, you weren't supposed to win, right? Basically, the deck was stacked against the Packers last night, as I just said. Now, the Bears, on the other hand, if I was a Bears fan today, I would be very, very, very angry. Not just because my team is is 0-1, but the Bears had every reason to win that game last night, just like the Packers had every reason to lose that game last night. Hey, Chicago, you're not holding the Packers to 10 points again. You're not holding Aaron Rodgers to 200 yards and one touchdown again. And when Chicago travels up to Lambeau later this year, they're not going to have that raucous crowd behind them. Matt LaFleur is going to be more seasoned, more experienced. Aaron Rodgers is going to be more seasoned and more experienced. All those young wide receivers are going to have more game experience under their belt. Man, everything was going the Bears' way last night, and the Packers won anyways. I would be upset. I would be angry as a Bears fan. Uh, that's that that was the outcome last night. All right, you lose 27-24, and Aaron Rodgers is brilliant. Fine. 
Aaron Rodgers wasn't brilliant. The Packers offense wasn't brilliant. The Bears could only score three points. Man, oh man. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills, and it is going to be all Green Bay Packers today. I would love for you to join me. Love to talk Packers today. Let's just, let's keep this show rolling like it's a post-game show. Like the post-game coverage just hasn't stopped from last night. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line. Call in, text in, let's talk Packers, all Packers today. Like I said, you can also tweet at me or at the station at Keystroker Grant. That's me at WKTY. Obviously, that's everyone uh, here at WKTY. You know, the biggest standout, the, the, the thing that jumped out to me last night was UWL grad, UWL Eagle, Brian Gutekunst and his players, his acquisitions showing up in, in the biggest moments last night. Let's give it up to, uh, to our UWL man, Brian Gutekunst. Let's start with J.K. Scott. Okay, it takes some stones to take a punter in the fifth round. J.K. Scott was incredible last night, and he saved his best punt for the one that mattered most. He hit a 63-yard nuke to pin the Bears deep. And the Bears hadn't done anything on offense all game long. You pin them deep, the game felt over. game felt like it was done. J.K. Scott last night, eight punts, 365 combined yards. That's about 45 and a half yards per punt. Five of them down inside the 20. And the longest punt came at the most important moment at a critical point in the game where they needed to flip field position and he unleashed a 63-yard nuke. J.K. Scott, Brian Gutekunst's man from the fifth round. Give it up. Brian Gutekunst also signed Adrian Amos this year and as you heard uh, the highlight to start tonight's show, Adrian Amos made the play of the game. The best drive that the Bears were able to put together. The only time they sniffed the red zone, other than the the the, the field goal kick uh, that got them their only three points from the first quarter. The only time they sniffed the end zone again was when Mitch Trubisky drove the team down, got him. I, I don't remember if they were in the red zone. I think they were on the 15 to 20 yard line. Doesn't really matter because Trubisky lofted one up into the corner of the end zone and former Bear Adrian Amos snagged in. That's poetry. You can't write, you can't write a script like that. That's why sports are so amazing. You have two teams deadlocked in a field position defensive battle for four quarters. And finally, the one turnover that was committed all game, the turnover was collected by, oh yeah, the one man who was on the Chicago Bears the last couple of years and just joined the Packers. You can't write that. That's poetry. That's what makes sports awesome is storylines like that. It, it, it could not have been written any better. Adrian Amos, another signing of Brian Gutekunst. And of course... Zedarius and Preston Smith last night. And they showed up on the final play of the game, right? The last gasp, the last chance for, for Trubisky and the Bears. And who applied the pressure? Who combined for the sack? Zedarius and Preston Smith. Two free agents that were brought in this offseason by Brian Bleepin Gudekunst. He had to be sitting up in the press box last night or the owner's box just, just saying, look at that. What do you know? Funny what happens when you invest a couple of bucks into players at positions of need. Deadlocked in a defensive battle, a division battle on the road to open the season on national TV. And what do you know? Your three biggest offseason acquisitions all made plays at the most critical moments of the game. Brian Gutekinds has got to be saying, you're welcome. You are welcome, Green Bay. You're welcome, Wisconsin. And you're welcome, Lacrosse and UWL. Brian Gutekinds had to be Feeling it last night. We're going to talk all about this game. The Packers defense, obviously, the storyline today. I think 
because I, I think the Packers defense is much improved and, and at least through one game, they certainly seem to be to be the redeal. How does that affect Aaron Rodgers? How does that affect the offense? We're going to talk about that a little bit, too. And we're also going to talk about the Bears and what the hell happened last night. Because like I said, the Packers had every excuse possible to lose the game yesterday. And I'm going to count on my fingers here. Okay, well, it was week one and Aaron Rodgers didn't play in the preseason. He's got a brand new offensive coordinator and head coach and new system to learn. They're on the road in Chicago, the team that beat them last year and that went 12-4, and made the playoffs. Reason after reason after reason to lose. National, nationally televised audience. The crowd was raucous. The crowd was into it. The Packers could have easily lost last night and cast it off as, man, the odds were stacked against us. The Bears had every reason to win last night's game, just as the Packers had every reason to lose, and they hung up three points. And if you look a little bit deeper into what Chicago actually tried to do on offense, you kind of go, huh? What? What the hell? We're going to talk about the Bears a little bit, too, especially as it pertains to the Packers' defense. Packers' defense, Packers' offense, Bears... Tonight's going to be a lot of fun. And if you want to get in on the action, you can. 608-796-2558 on the five-star telecom talk and text line. Let's talk about that Packers defense. Held the Bears to three points at Soldier Field last night. Packers defense and a whole lot more coming up. This is the Wisco Sports Show presented by Played Against Sports right here on WKTY. Here's what I'm so proud of you about, all right? There was some adversity. And you know what? You guys didn't blink. All right? We stayed the course, and it was a hell of a team win. That's Matt LaFleur in the locker room after yesterday's 10-3 win. Green Bay going down into Chicago to open the NFL season and knocking off their oldest rival, their division rival, uh, to start the 100th season of the NFL. 10-3, I'm not going to lie, it might not have been the most offensively exciting game. And I'll speak for myself. I don't want to speak for everyone. But as a Green Bay Packer fan, I have been so starved of good defense. I mean, the Packers had a good defense in 2010, and then they had a pretty good defense in 2004. It's been 10-plus years since the Packers have had an elite defense, and I feel kind of starved. I, I, I feel as though defensive football interests me. I enjoy it just because we haven't seen it very often. We had it for a couple of years with the Badgers, right? With Vince Beagle and J.J. Watt, or or I should say T.J. Watt. But the the Packers, we don't get this a whole lot. So when we are caught in a defensive battle, I'm not casting it off as a bad brand of football. I'm not casting it off as boring. It certainly is different. And last night I had a good time. Of course, it certainly helps that the Packers were winners and and start the season 1-0. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talk and text line. I would love to talk Packers with you, uh, hear your thoughts, hear your feelings. And if you do happen to call in, look, I'll, I'll kind of pull back the curtain for a second. I'm the only one in the studio, right? Dave and Scrady, they, they tag team it over there on the Crosstalk PM. Uh, Rick has always been a help, always had a call screener. I don't, I don't have a call screener. So if you call in, say, hey, this is my name. This is where I'm calling from. I would I would like that because I like to know our listeners' names. I like to be able to have a conversation and know your name. So just let me know if you do happen to call in. 608-796-2558. Last night, the big storyline was the Packers' defense, and I'm sure it will be for the next, what, nine days, eight or nine days until the Packers play again. Have that little bit of a mini-buy after a Thursday night game. Storyline is the Packers' D, and I want to be enthusiastic about it. I want to be, I, I, I want to be giddy over it, honestly, because it's been so long. 
But we do have to qualify it. We do have to say, okay, well, wait a minute, but before we gloat, before we we bask in what the Packers defense was able to do last night. Look, I don't really understand what the Bears were doing last night. I, I, I don't. I don't understand what Matt Nagy was doing. Trubisky was bad, and that's 100% understandable. Sometimes even good players have bad games. I don't think Mitch Trubisky is going to turn out as bad of a quarterback as we saw last night. I don't think that's a true reflection of him, but let's not act like he's otherworldly, right? I get that Mitch Trubisky had a bad game. I don't get what Matt Nagy was doing last night. I don't. Mitchell Trubisky threw the ball 45 times. They ran the ball 15 times. Let that sink in. The Chicago Bears, who have not had a franchise quarterback since Sid Luckman, who have always been based and predicated upon good defense, run the football, control the clock. The Chicago Bears threw the ball 45 times last night and ran the ball 15 times. No! <laughs> what? What are you what are you what are you doing, Matt Nagy? Because there's there's one of two there's one of two ways to think of this, okay? Matt Nagy came into the game last night either knowing Mitch Trubisky was bad and put together a game plan with 45 passes, which is terrible, which is inexcusable. Or Matt Nagy came into last night completely oblivious to the fact that Mitch Trubisky maybe isn't that great. And just didn't know, which is also inexcusable. I have no clue what Matt Nagy and the Bears offense was doing last night. That being said, how about that Packers defense, right? That being said, once you once you qualify it, once you say, okay, we we admit the Bears defense was Bears offense was terrible, we still get to bask in, in, in how good the, the the Packers defense played last night. And Aaron Rodgers said it multiple times in his post game presser. We got a defense. We got a defense, baby. Got a defense. We got a defense. You don't think Aaron Rodgers loves that? You don't think he absolutely loves that? It's been since 2014 since they've had a competent defense. In 2010, when the last time they really had a a very good to great defense, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably loving that, loving what he saw last night. got a defense. Got a defense, baby. And I was talking with friends last night. I was texting and, and talking to friends after the game. I was up late. You think I'm going to bed after that? Oh, I was up to like 1.30 just basking in it and, and talking to friends. And we were just going down the list of all these Packers players on defense who had wow plays, who, who made me go, where was that? That wasn't, that wasn't there last year, or I didn't expect that, right? It was really impressive from multiple parties. I mean, you can start with the Smiths, right? We already talked about uh, the play that they combined to make to really seal the game last night. Uh, and, and turn the ball back over to the Green Bay offense so they could run the clock out. The the high-priced off-season acquisitions, the outside linebackers, the pass rushers, right? Preston Smith had five tackles. Zadarius Smith had three. But it really goes past that because Preston had a sack and a half. Zadarius had a sack. But it, it goes past that. It, it's, it's more so about pressures and quarterback hits. Last night, Preston Smith had three. So did Zadarius Smith. Both the Smiths combined for six quarterback hits and a couple of sacks between the two of them. They were just around the ball. They were around the quarterback. 
oh, yeah, and by the way, like we expected, Mike Pettin shuffled them around. Sometimes they lined up on the same side of the formation. Other times they were split apart. Sometimes Preston Smith was dropping back into coverage. Sometimes he was coming at the quarterback like we saw in that, that final offensive play of the game for the Bears. The Smiths were everywhere. And I really think that their versatility as players allows Mike Pettin to do some things that he wasn't able to do maybe the last year or so as, as a defensive coordinator. Gives Mike Pettin a little bit more flexibility to run the scheme and run the plays that he wants, which I'm sure assisted the Packers in getting to the quarterback. A couple of sacks last night. Packers had five sacks, including, like I said, the one that ultimately ended the game. Kenny Clark... God, Kenny Clark is so good. He had a play on fourth and one where he made the Bears center look like a clown. He got by him so quickly there was barely any contact. The center still held Kenny Clark, and Kenny Clark stonewalled their run attempt on fourth and one. You remember this? Kenny Clark, man, Kenny Clark is good. He, he's he's going to be a, a good defensive lineman, a great defensive lineman, uh, and a game wrecker for the Packers uh, for the foreseeable future. And you know what? Montrevious Adams even got downfield. There was a, a, a play, it, it might have been on third and the third and 40, right? The Bears had had a few consecutive penalties, had a first and 40, second and 40, and then ultimately third and 40. And they ran a little wide, wide receiver bubble screen out to the right side. I believe it was Tariq, Tariq Cohen. And Montrevious Adams, the 300-pound defensive lineman, got down the field in a blink of an eye to go make that tackle. And I'm like, holy balls, Adams got down the field that fast? Montrevious Adams is looking like a little bit of a player, too. If you look in the secondary... Darnell Savage had moments last night, especially in the first half. He he had a series or two where you went, okay, yeah, he's 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 the real deal. Now we know with rookies, the the problem isn't uh, flashing and having good plays, but it's consistency, right? Devontae Adams' rookie year ha- had a couple of games. He had the Patriots game, he had the Cowboys game in the playoffs where he really popped. But as a rookie, you struggle with consistency. There were games where he would also disappear, and and, and I'm almost certain. That at times this year, Darnell Savage will disappear and will struggle with making plays. But made a couple of them last night. Made a couple of them last night and looked really natural. All all of the Packers defensive backs, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, Tremont Williams, they were a step quicker to the ball last night than I have seen in previous years. Right? Tremont Williams, Tremont Williams, last night was the best game I've seen him play since the last time he was with the Packers. He was everywhere last night, including making that really smart veteran play, just giving uh, Allen Robinson a shove out of bounds. Instead of trying to play the ball, instead of trying, uh, instead of getting knocked off balance, just shoving him right over the boundary. Jermon Williams looked really good. Jermon Williams looked better last night than all of last season combined. And you know what? Tony Brown didn't look bad either. Allen Robinson was great last night. And for those of you who maybe weren't paying attention or maybe didn't check the box score for the Bears, because why would you? Allen Robinson actually had a huge night. He had seven catches for 102 yards. He played really well and made a couple of really good catches. But he earned those catches. He made a couple really good back shoulder over the top catches. Tony Brown was right there all night. And Tony Brown doesn't have to be their lockdown corner. He just has to be serviceable. And last night, I think he was actually better than serviceable. I think he did a really good job sticking with his receivers. Even the balls that were completed by Trubisky, there were very few of them that were in space Found a soft spot wide open. Couple throws along the boundary where Allen Robinson just made a great play and beat Tony Brown. Doesn't mean Tony Brown was in poor position. 
just means the wide receiver was better, which is going to happen sometimes. And, and to, to summarize it all, to wrap it all up, the good play up front by the pass rush and the linebackers, I, I thought the clean and sharp play by the secondary, uh, a play that we haven't seen since probably 2014, I, I think it's all capped off, and I think it's summed up by the, the camera shots we got of Mike Pettin last night. Did, did you pay attention? I tweeted about it last night at Keystroker Grant. I, I had a field day on, t- on Twitter last night. I loved the, the, the shots in between plays of Mike Pettin pacing the sideline just looking like a bulldog. Just just mean mugging on the sideline. <clears throat> and don't get me wrong, a, a defensive coordinator doesn't have to be on the sideline to be successful. We saw Dom Capers call great games from up in the booth. We see defensive coordinators call games from up in the booth and have success all the time. But there was something to be said last night, especially at the end of the game, when the Packers completed their, their three-game defensive performance, or three-point defensive performance, of all of the defensive players jumping around with Mike Pettin, dapping him up, giving him chest bumps. It, it, it allows that defensive coordinator to be down on the field and take ownership of what's going on and connect with his players. And maybe it's just a, an, an optics thing. Maybe it's just something I like as a fan and has no impact on the football game. But when your defense is rolling and they're having success and they go out and win you a game, it certainly is nice to see Mike Pettin on the sideline celebrating with his players. I thought that was awesome. I thought it was a great look. And I'm glad Mike Pettin's down on the sideline. Like I said, I'm watching as a fan, an observer. Right? Mike Pettin being on the sideline might not affect the game at all. But it certainly appeared to have an effect on morale. Everyone was excited. Everyone was jumping around. Everyone was smiling. I like Mike Pettin being down on the sideline. We're only through one game. But I certainly prefer the the coordinators, the coaches, to be down on the sideline, uh, if at all possible. We're going to continue talking about the Packers. and, And once again... If you get sick of hearing me talk, go ahead and join me. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line. Give me a call. Tell me your name. Tell me where you're calling from. Let's talk Packers. Uh, we have been talking defense. I, I want to continue the conversation about the defense. That's the big story of the day, of the game last night. But a great defense also impacts the offense, right? Football is the ultimate team sport. Offensive success often relies on defensive success and vice versa. What is this defensive performance last night, and certainly what looks to be a very improved defense, what does that do for Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and the offense? We'll get into that coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show. Talking Packers all hour long here on WKTY. See what they do here. First and goal. Rodgers hangs in the pocket, throwing into a lot of traffic, and it's caught with a touchdown by Jimmy Graham. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I am lucky enough to be hosting uh, today here on WKTY. Packers win 10-3 last night to start both the Packers season and the NFL season, the 100th season uh, of the NFL. You can always check out the Wisco Sports Show and everything going on at WKTY, 580 AM, 96.7 FM. Our mobile app is also great, as is our website, WKTYsports.com. And you're going to want both of the app and the website tonight if you want to check out local action. We're going to be West Salem Holman. Drew Kelly is going to bring you both uh, the call and the video stream. And you can check that out on our app or at WKTYsports.com. As much as I love talking high school football and it's great to have Friday Night Lights back, the story of the day, the Packers, especially the Packers defense. 
especially the Packers defense has been the story today. And I want to continue to talk about the defense, especially because, you know, the offense and the defense, they impact each other. When the offense plays well, that helps the defense and vice versa. So we'll get into that a little bit as well. You can join me. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line. Tim, welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Let's talk Packers. Yeah, it was a, it was a great game last night. Um, I didn't expect much from the offense because of the lack of, uh, of preseason work together. So that wasn't a surprise. Defense was a pleasant surprise. Although I think if you'd be going against you know, like Tom Brady and stuff, he would have exploited a couple openings that Trubisky didn't. But besides that, I'm, I'm just, this, this defense is much better than it was last year. So I'm getting pretty excited, and I'm, I can see why Aaron Rodgers would be excited. Yeah, how could you not, Tim? I was excited. Were, were you uh, out watching the game? Were you having fun, or were you, were you like me? You were holed up on your couch, just a nervous wreck last <laughs> night. <laughs> I was uh, I was working on my deck, and I had the had the radio on, and I'd run in and watch the watch the TV once in a while. So once the Packers got the ball, I'd watch that, and once it got close to the ends, then I'd watch that. But uh, yeah, I was listening, though. No doubt about it. That's a good way to that's a good way to keep yourself sane during the game, Tim. I, I appreciate the phone call. Listen to it a little bit, watch a little bit, uh, and, and try to keep your mind on something else if you get nervous during Packer games, like I think a lot of us do. Six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. We're going to keep the calls going. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Hi, uh, Graham. Yeah, yeah. Good afternoon. How are you? Oh, fine. Yeah, Graham. Uh, comment a, um, or actually, it's a question I have. Yeah. At the end of the game, uh, right after the defensive hold, you saw Brett Farr, or I'm sorry, Aaron, <laughs> come out to the uh, defensive coach, and you saw who was pushing on him. Uh, was there something going on there that we were missing? I didn't quite hear the audio for that at all. Well, I, I think, and I appreciate the phone call. Thank you, uh, thank you for chiming in on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line. I, I believe what you're talking about uh, is at the very end of the game, and I apologize if I'm wrong, but at the end of the game, uh, when Aaron Rodgers went up and, and just gave it, Mike Patton a shove, which I, I think everybody took as a shove of congratulations as everyone was throwing around high fives, and, and I think Aaron Rodgers kind of kind of shoved him with excitement said, you know what, <laughs> you know what, it's it's about it's about damn time. You got a defense. You got a defense. It's about damn time. And no, I, I don't think there was a, it, it looked aggressive. I, I think it was more Aaron Rodgers uh, giving kudos to Mike Patton after calling a really good game last night. A really good game. Look, I, I said it, I think, two or three times uh, so far. During the Wisco Sports Show. It was the Bears. Mitch Trubisky played very poorly. And I don't think Matt Nagy called a, a, a very effective game. And had a very effective game plan coming in. Obviously, if, if it would have been effective, they would have scored more than three points. I, I, I'm conceding all of that. I, I'm qualifying this great Packers performance with all of that in mind. But Aaron Rodgers hasn't seen a defense like this since 2014. A really good defense probably since 2010. Aaron Rodgers has every reason to be excited. He doesn't have to carry the team. He doesn't have to be running everywhere and take shots and be throwing Hail Marys because he's got a little bit of a defense to back him up. And by the way, if you want to pair the punter in there too, well, now Aaron Rodgers has all the help he needs outside of the offense, of course. A punter to flip field position. A kicker who was effective last night, Mason Crosby, the two times he was called upon, and of course, the extra point. And and a defense that just... 
straight up shut down the Bears offense last night, including a couple of sacks, an interception, and probably two or three more that should have been, including Kevin King's pick that should have been a pick. Darnell Savage drove on a ball on a long third down throw, too, that I think if a couple of weeks from now, or certainly later in Savage's career, if he continues to improve, I think that's an easy pick. But it is his first NFL game. Trubisky had a, should have thrown a couple of picks. That defense is everywhere. And that defense and J.K. Scott, if we want to include him as well, is all of the help that Aaron Rodgers outside of the offense needs. Right? He's got all the support to flip field position to keep the other team from scoring that Aaron Rodgers can just kind of do his job without worrying about anything else. And that that might be the most important part in all of this. How does this affect Aaron Rodgers? How does having a top 15, top 10 defense, which as of right now, I'm, I'm pretty confident that this Packers defense could be top 15. I need to see a little bit more to be to be top 10 or to really get overzealous. How does that affect Aaron Rodgers? How does that affect the way the Packers game plan, the way that Rodgers goes out and executes? And can Aaron Rodgers adjust? Aaron Rodgers loves to play off script. He loves to play off schedule. He loves to run the scramble drill. He loves to extend plays maybe sometimes longer than he should. And he's been very successful doing it. But in the last 10 years, other than a year or two, the norm for Aaron Rodgers has been terrible defense. So he's had to do everything. He's had to extend every play. He's had to take every hit. He's had to throw every Hail Mary. Because if he doesn't do it, nobody is. Because if Aaron Rodgers doesn't score, they don't win. Outside of two years in the last decade, 2010 and 2014, Aaron Rodgers really hasn't had support. He's had to be that guy. Now, the goal, of course, is that you put a good enough supporting cast around Rodgers. Defense and include special teams in there as well. Good kicker and a good punter. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to be that guy. Hopefully, he recognizes that. And hopefully, he adjusts his playing style just a little bit. Look, I don't want Aaron Rodgers to never scramble. I don't want him to live in the pocket only. But I want him to be selective about when he decides to air it out a little bit. I want him to be selective about when he may or may not risk his body out of the pocket or as a runner, right? Be selective. Be smart. I hope that Aaron Rodgers has that in him. I think a lot of Aaron Rodgers haters would say he doesn't. Would say that Aaron Rodgers isn't coachable, that he wants to do things his way, and that he's not going to take advantage of a great defense or a supporting cast because he wants to be the guy. I think that's what Aaron Rodgers' critics would say. I think it's somewhere in the middle. In a perfect world, Aaron Rodgers would never take a risk, would never put his body on the line. I think it's somewhere in the middle. right? You want him to pick his spots. You want him to be selective, be choosy, be smart. Something I noticed yesterday, and I don't think this is a direct correlation to the Packers' defense playing well, but in a couple of weeks... Maybe this is an effect. We'll see. Did you see the the one touchdown that was scored in yesterday's game? Was a touchdown throw by Aaron Rodgers? Did you did you notice how that play developed? Aaron Rodgers essentially threw a jump ball to Jimmy Graham. A, a trust ball. He threw into traffic. When when that ball was on the way, I'm like, oh man, that's gonna get picked. Aaron Rodgers threw into traffic and trusted Jimmy Graham to go up and get that ball over the smaller defender. That's not something that we saw last year. Something that we wanted to see. Something that, oh man, I can't wait for 50-50 balls in the end zone to Jimmy Graham. I can't wait until Jimmy Graham is used as a red zone target. We didn't see it a whole lot last year. We saw it last night. Jimmy Graham being trusted by Aaron Rodgers. Throwing it into traffic and trusting Jimmy Graham to go up and get that pass. Now, I say that to say this. 
If the Packers' defense is consistently good, maybe not as great as we saw last night, because I think the Bears' ineptitude on offense had a lot to do with with the final score and with that performance of the defense. But let's say Aaron Rodgers is gifted this year and is blessed to have a top-10 defense. He can afford to take some risks like that when nothing's working, when they're not moving the ball, receivers can't get open. Aaron Rodgers might be able to say, well, I I can take a risk. I can throw a jump ball to Jimmy Graham here. Because if it goes south and Jimmy doesn't make this play, defense, Mike Pettin and, and the boys got us. They got us, right? Aaron Rodgers might feel a little bit more comfortable trusting Jimmy Graham to go up and get a 50-50 ball. Knowing that if it goes south, if it goes poorly, I got a pretty good defense backing me up. We can absorb a, a, a turnover here and there. Rodgers, and it's this weird balance, right? Because on one hand, we're saying, well, Rodgers can be more conservative now. Because he has a good defense. But also he can take risks by throwing to Jimmy Graham. Throwing jump balls. Because he has a good defense. You see the effects? Do you see the aftershock of a competent defense? Let alone a top 15, top 10 defense? Really opens up Aaron Rodgers to to, to do some things. To do some different things. And to play, I, I, I think, in a style that, that makes him most effective. And that jump ball to Jimmy Graham last night, that, that was not lost on me. And I don't think it was lost on many Packer fans either. Aaron Rodgers in the pocket gave a little point, little. You, you know when you're you're playing pickup uh, football, maybe maybe a flag football in the backyard or two hand touch, and the play breaks down and the quarterback's giving a little head nod, you know, go this way, cut in the back of the end zone. That's what he was doing. He gave a little point to Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham sets up like he's boxing out for a rebound, and Rodgers throws a perfect ball just high enough for Jimmy Graham to use that size, use his length, and go up and get it. Right? Aaron Rodgers wasn't doing that last year. In fact, Aaron Rodgers almost never does that. Because he doesn't want to risk the turnover. He doesn't want to risk the defender coming down with it. And when you say a 50-50 ball, 50-50 means both players have a, a coin flip shot to go get that ball. Aaron Rodgers has a lot of trust in that. And if he knows he has a, a, a solid defense backing him up, he might be a little bit more willing to throw a 50-50 ball, to throw a jump ball, and to trust the talent that Brian Gutekunst has tried to put around him on offense. Look, I know the Packers' defense is good yesterday. I want to transition to our last topic, our last little discussion. And once again, plenty of time for you to get in here as well. 608-796-2558. A lot of talk was um, was made this morning, mostly outside of Wisconsin, because Bears fans are ticked, Packers fans are thrilled, and then the rest of the country watched this game and said, God, what a stinker. Talk about preseason, right? More, less. Why did this game stink? I want to talk about that a little bit because last night was a sloppy game. It might have been lost on Packer fans because Packers are 1-0. How could you not enjoy that, sloppy or not? A lot of people were talking about it today, so let's talk about that. I mean, 13 combined points, or excuse me, not 13 combined points, but yeah, 13 combined points. Never mind, 10-3. to <laughs> thought that must have been, I thought I must have misspoke. 10-3 to last night. Not a lot of offensive success. Is that because of lack of play in the preseason? Let's talk about that. Coming up next as we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show, presented by Played Against Sports, right here on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Been talking all Packers, and to be honest, why would we be talking anything else? I saw the Brewers lost last night. What was the final? 10-5? to And I'll be watching the Brewers this weekend, no doubt, just like I'll be watching college football. And NFL football, obviously, on Sunday we'll have a full slate of games, but we'll get back to the Brewers soon enough. Packers are our focus. We do have local action here tonight. 
Check WKTYsports.com. Tonight, West Salem and Holman going to be the game. You can stream that game, video and audio, with our own Drew Kelly on our website and on our mobile app. And you can check out the full schedule for all of our games, local games included, uh, the games that we're going to be covering the rest of the uh, the season. We've been talking all Packers, and rightfully so. I got into work today, and we, we have a very diverse uh, group at this radio station. There's some Bears fans, there's some Vikings fans, there's some Packer fans. We got a Patriots fan. There's always one jerk in the group, right? Uh, and, and I went and talked to uh, one of my coworkers, and, and I know him to be a Viking fan. Not the most Homer, uh, not the most uh, flamboyant Viking fan in the station, but a Viking fan, a lifelong Viking fan, no doubt. And, and his comment was, God, what a bummy game. And that's no surprise, right? Bears fans hated last night's game. Packers fans loved it. And the rest of the country, indifferent fans or just football fans of other teams, probably just said, God, that sucked. No offense, no scoring, and really no fantasy football implications. Allen Robinson had a decent game. I actually played Devontae Adams last night, and he had a couple of catches. In a PPR league, it wasn't a miserable performance from Devontae Adams. Could have been worse, but no touchdowns. It was a bummy game to watch, unless you were a Packer fan who got to enjoy the win, or a Bears fan. Yeah, they probably hated it too. So the whole country, other than Packer fans, hated this game. And there were a ton of penalties. There were some negative plays. The Packers really didn't even have any yards through most of the first quarter, let alone picks. If you're if you're looking at penalties, both teams, I believe, had 10 penalties. Yet Packers, 10 for 71. Bears for 107. 20 combined penalties. And there, there probably should have been more. Some of the penalties that were called were not correct. I thought that early hold on Kenny Clark was just confusing. I don't know how you hold on defense on a screenplay that's going outside. I don't really understand that. I thought the Tremont Williams holding slash pass interference early on was, oh, okay, a little bit of a reach. But I also thought they missed uh, uh, I th- what I thought to be an incredibly obvious uh, roughing the passer on Akeem Hicks, dragging Aaron Rodgers down by his helmet after the ball came out. Oh, okay, whatever. But penalties aside, it was it was still a bummy game, and a lot of people today are, are, are analyzing it, right? They're trying to break it down. Why was, la- why, why was last night's game so bad? I, I think sometimes th- there is no reason. Sometimes... Neither offense is in sync. Of course, in this instance, first week of the season, a new offensive coordinator and head coach for one side. And nobody really plays in the preseason. Some games, you just don't have great offense. There's not always a diagnosis. There's not always a treatment or a fix or a rule change or a policy change. Some games just aren't great. And I think in the age where we've never been able to... we Games have never been more accessible. Right, You have Sunday NFL ticket, or even if you just watch on basic cable, normally you can bounce around to a game or two during the afternoon. And fantasy football, we have everything at our fingertips. We can monitor every player, every team. I, I think in this age, we, get, we, we always act like there's a problem when there's a, a, a sloppy football game. Like the Super Bowl last year. People were so upset. It's like, well, sometimes that happens. Sometimes it happens. Just a low-scoring, clunky game. It happens. There's not always something you can do about it. Now, this instance, because it's the first game of the season, maybe you can talk about the preseason. Maybe you can talk about the off-season work and with the new or with the collective bargaining. You can only practice so much and you can only hit so much. Blah blah blah. I don't know the the political details, the legalese. That's not important. But but it can certainly be examined because this was the first game of the season. People are saying, "Well, this is what happens when nobody plays in the preseason." And those kind of comments were coming from the same people that were a couple of weeks ago saying, the preseason's dumb, get rid of it. So which is it, right? People contradict themselves over the preseason all the time. 
and I think it's because everybody wants to say the popular thing. During the preseason, it's very popular to hate on the preseason. And during the regular season, it's very easy to say, should have played in the preseason, should have valued those snaps more, huh? You, you can't be both. You can't be on both sides of that coin, right? I wanted Aaron Rodgers to play in the preseason. I'll be honest. And I said it at the time. And after last night, eh, maybe he should have. I don't know. I don't know if more preseason snaps would have helped or not. Still working on a new system. You're still playing on, on the road in a rowdy environment. Who knows? But I'm not going to be the guy who during the preseason hates on the preseason every day only to get to the regular season and then harp and, 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 and emphasize the importance of the preseason. You can't have it both ways. Do you want it or not? I don't think there's a perfect system. If people play in the preseason, there's going to be injuries which people are going to hate, even though it's football and injuries are part of the game. And if there is no preseason, you're going to have a stinker game somewhere in week one like this. And people are going to act like it's the end of the world and, and an adjustment or a policy needs to be changed to fix it. We're a very reactionary culture, right? One little thing doesn't go our way. Like, like the pass interference last year with the Saints. Rule change like that. Right, Aaron Rodgers breaks his collarbone. The rule changes like that, although it has done nothing but haunt the Packers and Aaron Rodgers up until last night. Right, when Akeem Hicks drug him down by the head, no flag. But we're very reactionary, right? And, and I would say we're a little bit needy too. We want the games to go the, ga- the way we want them to go. We want to be entertained. We want every game to be what Chiefs-Rams was last year. 50-plus points on both sides. No wasted time. No sloppy plays. No penalties. It's just not how football is. And I think Packer fans, we, we come from kind of a unique position, a unique uh, advantage and viewpoint last night. I, I, I'm just going to go on a limb. I bet a bunch of Packer fans, I, I don't know about a majority, but I bet I can speak to a good amount of Packer fans who really enjoyed last night. Because it's been five years since the Packers have had a competent defense, and it's been almost a decade since they've had a very good defense, all the way back to 2010. I think Packers fans, they, they got their fill of defensive football last night. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Of course, it helps quite a bit that the Packers were able to win. And the Packers were able to make those one or two plays on offense that the Bears weren't. And I think part of that is just, look, Aaron Rodgers versus Mitch Trubisky. I don't think it's that much more complicated. I don't know if you have to look in any more than that. Have a tremendous weekend. Enjoy the uh, stress-free Sunday. Watch the other teams. Don't worry about the Packers as they are 1-0. And sitting happy on top of the division with the Minnesota Vikings uh, about nine or ten days away coming into Lambeau Field. Have an awesome weekend. Don't forget local action Holman and West Salem. Watch and listen at WKTYsports.com and on our mobile app. Have an excellent weekend. Can't wait to talk to you Monday.